0: Our topic is identity part two. Identity part two. Our text is Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In our introduction, we said we need to start this story by showing from the scriptures the importance of knowing who you are in Christ, not in the natural, but in Christ. We have a different identity in Christ than we have in the natural. We have a different world we live in than the natural. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. Acts seventeen twenty eight, For in him we live And move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We live in him, we move in him, and have our being or our identity in him. Then he says, we are his offspring, which means we are born of God, we are born of his spirit. John 3, 6 says that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's what they say. We are his offspring. Not the offsprings of our parents. The flesh one. We are the offsprings of the Spirit of God. Offsprings of Christ. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Now, two points I want to make here. Number one, your success or failure, your victories or defeats. In this, your life as a Christian depends largely on your ability to understand the reality of the new birth and how it changes your identity and the entire dynamics of your life. Being born again is not just Pentecostal jargon. Jesus said, you must be born again there is no option. You must be born again. It's not something you you, you, you toy with. Don't let it be lost in not being serious about spiritual truth. Because if you do that, at the end of the day, you will lose. So your success or failure as a Christian Whether you get healed, you don't get healed, your prayer is answered. Your success and failure depends largely on your ability to understand the reality of the new birth and how it changes your identity and the entire dynamics of your life. If you live in the consciousness of your natural identity, you will live outside of Christ. and in your natural abilities and limitations in the realm of doubt where spiritual truths do not make sense the home address of religion but if you live with the consciousness of the, your new being your new being and it. It's real to you. Then you live in Christ as his offspring, not the offspring of your natural parents. You live in Christ and in the spirit realm. You live the spirit life. In the realm of the kingdom of God, in the realm where nothing is impossible, in the realm of faith. For all things are possible to them that believe. In the realm of faith, the realm of the miraculous. It's just simple. If you identify yourself with just the natural and you are ignorant of the born-again you, you will live in the natural realm. Is the realm of limitation. You live in the flesh. I don't care how long they teach you, Christians do this, don't do this, you live in the flesh. It's just as simple as that. You can package your life, by the end of the day, you live in the flesh. But if you live with the consciousness of the new birth because you believe it and it's real to you, you live in the spirit. You live in the spirit, in the realm of faith, where all things are possible. Now, as we study, you are going to see how it plays a role in what you know and what you don't know. Number two, the Holy Spirit communicates to you through your spirit, not through your intellect or human understanding. It doesn't do that. Proverbs 35. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. God doesn't use our understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The evil is talking about is leaning on your own understanding, being wise in your own understanding. God does not communicate with you through your understanding, because obviously. The cannon mind does not know the things of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never, the world never is there. We never know him through human wisdom. Never. Not possible. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. So the Holy Spirit is not going to communicate with you through human wisdom, through your understanding, figuring it out, explaining it so you can understand it from your human point of view. It's not going to happen. He only communicates to you through your born-again spirit, the new man, the hidden man of the heart. Because the spirit that created to be like God, spirit talks to spirit. God is a spirit. It does not communicate with the flesh. The flesh is a flesh of sin. And so that's how the Holy Spirit communicates everything to you. The revelation of the truth, you read, you study your Bible, is going to communicate revelation through your spirit. How it leads you through your spirit. Not through your feelings. Not through your senses. Through your spirit. On daily basis. Everything is through your spirit. The new man. The hidden man of the heart. The born again you. Now, Romans eight sixteen, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. It doesn't bear witness with our intelligence or knowledge or human, human senses, no. It bears witness with our spirit, it witnesses to our spirit about the things of God. Be as witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Be as witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When you read Bible, it be as witness of the scripture to your spirit. Now, if you don't know you have a spirit, there is a spirit being, I want to know how this communication is going to work. I mean, I just want to know. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, such all the inward parts of the belly. What, what candle is to a human being? You use candle. I mean, when they wrote this King James, they didn't have electricity, there was a candle. So that was the only source of light they were using. So he said, what the, what the electricity is or candle is to a man is what your spirit is to God. So through your spirit, he shows you things. It's through the light candle you see things. So through your spirit, God shows you things. That's what he's saying. So he knows you are born again. This is what your human knowledge cannot figure out. So, but through your spirit, he shows you what's happening inside of you. You're a new creature now. You're born again. Your spirit is the candle of the Lord to search and show you deep things of your life. Spiritual things that the human senses can't see, can't understand, can't figure out, can't articulate. And I want to say this. Whatever the Holy Spirit does in your life, your spirit knows it first before your senses see it, before you feel it. But you know, if you don't know this, you are going to try to locate what the Holy Spirit is doing by your natural senses. And that's how it doesn't work. If you get healed, your spirit will know it first that you are healed, before your body feels it. You know things first by your spirit. Your spirit knows you sin; He knows it. Your spirit knows. He knows it. He knows it. If your prayer is answered, your spirit knows it. But if you are going to walk by your natural being and you're ignorant of your, the real man in you, you are not going to be looking toward that direction to, to find out what is happening. You are going to be depending on your senses and missing God by mind. Matthew 8, 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. What is the trap? You are saying things merely from human point of view, not from God's point of view. So when the devil traps you, traps you in focusing on the natural, seeing yourself merely from your parental offspring, he traps you there. Game over. Game over. You can't be religious and talk Bible, but you won't understand it. You can preach it, you won't understand it. Jesus says a dangerous trap that the devil lays for Christians to trap us into seeing things from a natural point of view. And then you hear Christians say, after I'm a human being. After I'm human. So how do you understand scriptures if you are totally unaware of the reality of your spirit, man? Eyes roll in it all. How do you develop your faith if you do not hear God by your spirit? How do you understand the guidance of the Holy Spirit if you don't even know whether you are alive inside or not? And faith comes by hearing. Yet, not the natural ear. Not the natural ear. For the Holy Spirit says, in Revelation 2, 7, he that had ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. So if it's natural ear, everybody has it. He that hears by the Spirit. Because the Spirit communicates to your spirit. Let him hear. So we must leave In full awareness of number one, you are a new spirit man born again. Full awareness of that. I was sharing recently how I had this experience, a demonic spirit that came into my room and just bent over. For real, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't in a trance. My eyes were wide open. And I told that spirit, I said I'm a spirit too. You can't come here to, to frighten me. I say, I'm born of the Spirit of God. Your identity matters. I said, you can't frighten me. I'm also a spirit and of higher level, born of God. And Christ is right here with me. I mean, that that put me immediately on a pedestal of victory. If I saw myself as human, something fear. You, how can you go and get If you saw what I saw, you don't understand what I'm saying. How can you not be? But because I said, No, I said to that spirit, I'm my spirit too. I said, You think you can frighten me? I'm my spirit. I'm born of God, and Christ is with me. See, the identity, how it places you on a pedestal where you begin to operate from a position of strength, a position of expectation. So, number two, also be aware of the reality of Christ in you. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in you by faith. Let this not just be Pentecostal talk. Let it be a reality that you are aware all the time that Christ dwells in you and that are aware all the time who you are, that you are a spirit being, born of the spirit. Number three. That the nature you have is love. For God is love. You live it naturally. It's, it, it comes standard. It comes natural to you. You don't have to make effort to love people if you know that by nature you are love. It's what you believe you see. If you don't believe it, you won't see it. He that believeth at heart, believe and you see. It's just that simple. There's nothing God has given us, blessed us with, that puts any burden on us to experience it. None. Actually, Jesus came to take away burden and give us rest. Only believe. So here is Paul again. We're talking of our identity. Here is Paul again. These people focus on the outside and are deceived by the thing they package for people to see. People call them, oh, such a wonderful brother, wonderful sister. They package themselves. You know we are smart, man. We can be smart Christians. They package themselves and they are getting accolades from people. And they believe the falsehood they are giving out. They really believe it. <laughs> they really believe it. But saying that they are not, that what they are putting out is falsehood. And they are not even aware of it themselves. I mean, when you self deceive yourself, it's terrible. He said, they are not even aware. Even though they're packaging themselves, and everybody says, oh, what a wonderful brother, wonderful. He said, they are not even aware that, that's, that they are not that. That will tell you how empty they are inside. Because if they are connected to their spirit, they have a witness that this is not you, you are faking this. Thing. They will be laid by the spirit, through their spirit. And a lot of people are focused on the outside. As long as people are giving us accolades, but when you come to deal with God, are you going to bring that again to God? <laughs> Is that what you sell to God? He knows everything. He's not even listening to people. He's not listening to all that. So look at what Paul said: Second Corinthians five twelve. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but we are providing you with an occasion and incentive to be rightfully proud of us, so that you may have a reply for those who pride themselves on surface appearance, on the virtues they only appear to have, although their heart is devoid of them. They appear to have them, but their heart is devoid of them. So they showed dummies to people and showed it to themselves. Because they have no connection with their spirit. And so they walk in deceit. If they have connection with their spirit, they're going to have witnessing of the spirit. This is flesh. This is flesh. I read somewhere a very wonderful church meeting going on. People were sharing testimonies and people were clapping. I mean, something you would normally think is amazing. I would think it's amazing. And one pastor, their pastor came in. See, when you are in tune with your spirit, scriptures work for you. They work for you. He came in and knelt down and prayed and got up and stopped all of them. He told them, this is the flesh. Nobody there knew it. He told them, you are acting in the flesh. When he said that the power of God came down there, they started to repent and cry. Nobody preached. He told them, this is flesh. You see, that's what Paul is saying. People who glory in what people see and they don't know inwardly, they're, they're really deceiving themselves because they're not in tune with their spirit, neither are they in tune with the Holy Spirit. So they don't even know they're deceiving themselves until somebody who is in tune with the Spirit shows up and says, this is flesh. This is flesh. The Spirit witnessed to him, this is not me. I mean, you can begin to see the importance of what we are teaching tonight. It was John G. Lake, preached about 100 days ago, who said, as long as you are in tune with your Spirit, and in tune with your spirit and the spirit of God. He said, the Lord of the spirit of life will always work in your life. Sickness will die if it touches you. He said, the problem is that people are not in tune with their spirit. They are more in tune with their flesh. And when they are in tune with their flesh, they can't believe the word of God. That's the point. The thing they, they can't. Paul emphasizes this truth in second Corinthians 5:16, Wherefore henceforth no we know man after the flesh. We, you see that pastor came, he didn't identify that and after the flesh, after the, all the feelings and you know they were doing, he didn't, he didn't identify after the flesh. His spirit was alive. he was in tune with this. he was looking a different place where the witnessing is going on. Was looking there. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature; all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. These scriptures we read all the time, but have you really delved into the revelation of this, that it has changed the way you look at yourself and start looking at yourself as a spirit? be. So you're in tune with your spirit and in tune with the Holy Spirit. We read it all the time. Oh ah, yeah, again, all these mental things. He said in verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He said, that's how we look at Christians now. Don't look at Christians from outside. He's a new creature. All things are past, they will behold. All things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given us ministry of reconciliation. And he made a very powerful statement. Philippians 3, 9. I be found in him. He said, I want to be found in Christ. That's my identity. In him I live, move, and have my being. I want you to identify me as who I am in Christ. I want to be found in him. And when you find me in him, I'm not going to show you my own righteousness, because in Him I have a new righteousness, which He gave me. See, that's how you know this. That's that's how you that's how you appropriate the blessings of God. If you if you think of yourself in the natural, you are going to walk yourself out trying to show God how good you are, and you will be failing, the flesh profits. Oh, the best you can do is again package yourself and people think you're good. The people closer to you, know, <laughs> no. Because when you come close to somebody, you hear the smell of the armpit. That's why marriage, you should pray hard. Because all this marriage, it stays very far and then you, when it's coming to see you, they put cologne and dress well. And then you will sleep. No more reading Bible. The day they say, I do, you come close. Within twenty-four hours, you hear the smell of the amputee. Within six months, the passion is dead. Cologne is, nobody is putting cologne anymore. Reality descends. Somebody says, reality does not respect your feeling. It will show up. I don't even know why I went there. John, do you have an idea why we do? I don't know why we do. But it's okay to go be the ground. Reality does not respect feelings, And reality is reality, you can't push it away. The same thing with what we do in church and with Jesus. I can act anything I want, but reality, reality, you can't push it away. It will show up. Paul saw himself not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteous, the righteousness which is of God by faith. See, that's what I want. The one I have in him. The one he confers on me. And So last week, we said that Paul saw himself in Christ as a new man. And we just read it. He saw himself as a new man with a new identity. He said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. He said, we stopped evaluating others from human point of view. That is 2 Corinthians 5.16. So we have stopped evaluating others from human point of view. So how do you evaluate yourself? Is it from human point of view or from spiritual point of view? Then number two. He saw himself in Christ, joined to Christ, joined to Christ, and become one with him. Therefore, he said, I can do all things through the strength I have. So he saw himself with somebody who can do all things because he's been, he's been equipped with supernatural strength of Christ. He can do all things. So to him, no limitation. All things are possible to them that believe. And he said in first Corinthians 6, 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He said that one spirit with him. you see how he sees himself from spiritual identity. I want to be seen in Christ, having the righteousness of Christ. I am joined to Christ. Christ is my life, Christ is my all and all. You can see him always identifying himself in Christ, see himself in Christ. No wonder he lived a very influential, powerful life. A man without family, without business, is being talked about all over the world. David said something along the line of knowing the strength of the Lord that is with you. He said in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God, the Lord is our salvation. We fear. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What will make me afraid? Then he, 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 he says this again along this line. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come up upon me to eat my flesh, they stumble and fail. <laughs> because the Lord is my strength. Oh, if they rise up in your office while fighting, We are talking. Our anger is everywhere. Flesh, 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 flesh. Oh, I want to talk to people who will defend us, who will side with us. David said, if they rise up against me, I know they will fall while. The Lord is the center of my life. They can't defeat me and Jesus. It's not possible. I like one one thing. My wife brought it. Somebody, they carried somebody to swallow him, and they put him here in the mouth, and he couldn't go in <laughs> because he was across. I said, yeah, they can't swallow us because we are with Jesus. <laughs> they can't swallow us. <laughs> they put us here, it will call, ah, and they spit us up. They can't swallow. Can you imagine what we do? Because somebody told us something we don't like. We, <laughs> this teaching is important. We must, we must identify with the spirit being. We must know it. You must be in tune with your spirit, in tune with the Holy Spirit, all the time. All the time. If you want to produce the fruits of the spirit, you must. David said, because the Lord is the strength of my life, or whom shall I be afraid now? So, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come up to eat, me, eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. They didn't have to do anything. Though an host should camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Why? The Lord is the strength of my life. Though one should rise against me in this, will I have confidence? Say nothing makes me afraid. Even if I I pass through the value of shadow of death, I shall fear no view. Because you are there with me. Brethren, that scripture is talking about the world in which we live. This world is the value of shadow of death. The whole world lies in darkness. A lot of things, the Bible says if you follow the flesh, you shall surely die. A lot of things are happening in this world that is the the value of shadow of death. The things that produce death. We are walking in it. No matter what policies governments bring, compl- all, all manner of policies that, that people are bringing, producing debt, destroying the society, destroying children, destroying others, That bring, dr- many places you go, young people are having overdose problems, and nobody wants to be honest. Nobody wants to be un- honest, because they take it. Nobody wants to stand up and say this is bad. How do we can we stop our children from taking drugs? No, no. They will they do politics with everything. Value of the shadow of death. Which school do you go to? How, maybe a few of them you won't find overdose all the time. overdose all the time. Students overdose all the time. I bust off drugs everywhere. Nobody wants to be honest and sincere and say this is a calamity. Children are being taught about sex. About sex. All the dance they do is, is sexual dance. Children, they call it dance. Value of the shadow of death. Value of the shadow of death. Few years ago, nobody would have imagined that Children who know nothing will go to school to learn about sex and be encouraged to be doing it in whatever form. And they tell them it's pleasurable. Value of the shadow of death, that's why we are working. But in the midst of this, we shall fear no evil. For thou art That's why identity is important. Now we're talking about inflation and again we're talking political things. Why do we talk politics all the time? The value of shadow of death. The Bible told us already that in the latter days things will be difficult. People, there's blasphemy all over the place. People won't trust each other. Wars all over the place. Why don't we believe the Bible? But in the midst of that, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what And the Lord is the center of my life, of whom shall I He supplies my need, Call it to his riches in glory, by his spirit. We walk through the valley of shadow of death, people. People, if you think things will get better, you haven't been reading your Bible. Please go and read it. And what is churning out all these things is, is the devil is churning out evil. Evil. He's the originator and the instigator of all these evil things happening all over the world. Paul saw himself united with Christ. He said, with this strength, I can do all things. I can overcome. Can always overcome. Nothing will overcome. So we we'll continue today. Paul saw himself one with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And through this union with Christ Jesus, Jesus gave us a new identity. In his substitutionary, substitutionary substitution substitutionary ministry, our Lord Jesus Christ gave us something we couldn't get any other way. This is one of the greatest revelations of our redemption. If a Christian is not familiar with the substitutionary work of Christ, and it's not identified with what Christ has done on the cross, that Christian will live below his privileges, if you like, fast 40 days a year. These are the things that is not being taught in, in the body of Christ. It's not being taught. And this is how your life changes. This is how your life transforms. Let's read this great identity revelation that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul. We can't find it anywhere. Paul had abundance of revelation. The great revelation of redemption is right here in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Listen to what the Holy Spirit is talking about, you and me. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us As we are baptized into Christ, into Jesus, by baptism, baptized into Jesus, Christ, we are baptized into his death. Don't you know? Baptized into his death. For Therefore, we are buried. See the identity. Therefore, we are buried with him. Buried with him. By baptism into death. that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, identity with Christ in his burial, resurrection. Five, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth, we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. This is the answer to sin. He he said, don't you know this truth? He that is dead is freed from sin. Let's read verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we, we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead Died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. That's another powerful one. Death has no more dominion over you, too, and all the processes of death. No more. No more. For in him, in, for in that he died, he died unto, unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon you also yourself to be dead indeed. Unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You see what grace produced? You say the law didn't produce this thing, it's the grace that produced this. Our dying, shading the old nature, and our rising in new nature that does not respond to sin. He said, once you die, you are free from sin. You are done with sin. He said, don't you people know this truth? Brethren, is it not the truth you know that sets you free? So, in his identifying with Christ, Christ's death became his death. One with him. When Christ died, you died, I died, when he was nailed on that cross, you were nailed and I was nailed because he did it for our, on, our, on our behalf. That's how God dealt with our old nature, the sinful nature. And released us from its control for we died with Christ Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit says, that Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. You and me were crucified up there with Jesus. And through that crucifixion, something died. Our old nature died. Now, you see? You see why? Only the Holy Spirit can reveal this to your spirit. There's no way you can figure it out. There's no way in your imagination you can figure out this statement here. Is beyond human understanding. The Bible told us even the love of God is beyond human understanding. So the Holy Spirit reveals this truth to your spirit. That you've been crucified with Jesus. In the natural, how can you imagine it? They said, yeah, you have been crucified with Jesus. And that when he died, you died. And that your own nature was crucified right there. And when he was buried, you were buried. And when he rose, you rose in newness of life. Figure it out. Explain it. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit about deep things. The candle of the Lord showing you deep things, deep things, deep things, deeper than natural things, deep, deep, deep things of the Spirit. The wisdom of God, far above human wisdom, the Holy Spirit is showing it to your spirit. Your human nature, your human mind cannot, cannot understand it. That he died and you die with him. If you are not in tune with your spirit, you can read this place, but it will never make sense to you. You won't even believe it. You will be a Christian for years. You will never thank God for this. You will never think it's important. You will never identify with it. You can even preach it and preach what you don't know. Why? You are in tune with the flesh. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, identifying with Christ in his death. A great revelation of our redemption. Very great revelation of our redemption. Uh, these are die for my sins. That's what people know. <laughs> I've said it over and over. If you want to live in the full privileges of Christ, you must know the implications of his death for you, his burial for you, resurrection for you, his ascension for you. All of them play a role in your relationship with God. And anyone you miss, you miss the benefits of that one. This crucifixion crucifixion of us on the cross, the law couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. No, I don't care how good you want to be. You couldn't do it. Nobody could do that. Only Jesus. Only Jesus could do that. Only God could do that. Paul said, "You are now under grace because this thing is work of grace, message." You don't merit it. Mercy. That's what made sin under you under you. The mercy of God. That the Son of God came and died, so that I would die and that you die. Does he really excite you? Have you ever worshiped God for it? I mean, spent time worshiping God and say, Lord, I just worship you. That I died with Jesus. The old nature of me is dead, crucified right there. If you are set free from something, that if you are set free from cancer, don't, are you not excited? Why are we not excited about this one? Romans 8.3. For what the Lord could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, for sin, he came for sin, condemn sin in the flesh so that we can be crucified with him. Romans 7 4. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. Paul, what is the point? You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. That time, the moment you were crucified with him, the law ceases to be your means of living. The, the judgment and everything the law pronounces it's not it's not touching you anymore the bible says we are freed from the law the person that committed all the sin died this is scripture This is not, not we're not reading this thing here. This is is the word of God. That's the Holy Spirit wrote this thing. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the Lord when you died with Christ, identifying with his death. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result of this uniting with him, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Then Paul said something amazing. Galatians six fourteen. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. He's insisting that he was crucified there. You couldn't talk him out of it. That was his testimony. But with the world was crucified unto me, and I unto the world. We separated right there. The one that was in love with the world died there. Couldn't talk Paul out of this. Is it your main talking point as a Christian? Is it your main talking point as a Christian? For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But a new creature. What's important is that on the cross the old man died and I became a new creature. That's what Paul is saying. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the upon the Israel of God. So Paul was identified with in the death of Christ as himself you died that should be your talking point it must it must it resonate in your spirit the word must abide in you it must be active in you it must become a living truth a living reality number 2 paul identified with christ in his resurrection We rose in newness of life. We became new creatures. When Christ rose, we all rose in him with new life. Again, you cannot even begin to understand this with your human intellect. It's beyond human articulation. Let's just read it again. Verse 1 to 5. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. He said, Are you going to continue sinning? So there'll be much of grace. He said, no, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? We are dead to it. We died. The new nature does not respond to it. Live any longer therein. Know you not. Paul is always talking to the church about know you not this. Know you not this. Know you not that so as many as of us as we are baptized into Jesus. Christ, who are baptized into his death. To be baptized into Christ is to come into Christ. Baptism is a martial. To be baptized into Christ is that the Holy Spirit puts you into Christ. So the day you came into Christ, the day you got born again, he said you are baptized into Jesus Christ. You are baptized into his death. That's the day you died. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the power of the Spirit, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That when he rose, we rose. You couldn't take Paul away from Christ. Nothing in your life. You say, Christ is my all and all. It's all that matter. He died, I died. He rose, I rose. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We have resurrected with him. He identified with Christ in his burial, in his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection. He said, I see myself as a new person. If any man is in Christ now, he's a new creature. He said, all this is of God. He said, we received a new life. So that those who receive this life will serve Christ, not themselves. This life is the life of Jesus. It's selfless. He didn't do that by Ten Commandments. What the law couldn't do, God did. Is that our talking point? <clears throat> Where do we place this revelation? In our heart. In our confession. In our heart of appreciation. What role does he play daily in my life? And in your life. All these things that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us, is it just what we read and throw it to one corner? And be struggling to be holy? Is that what we read it and throw it throw to one corner? How can we substitute this great revelation? The Bible says, How do escape if you escape if you neglect this great revelation that the Holy Spirit is talking about? Our redemption is this being explained. So in Colossians 2.11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed the spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. That's what happened when we came to Christ. So the Bible says we should see ourselves like this. In Romans 6.11, likewise reckon you also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Reckon, you see yourself like that. Believe it. Believe it. So it will work for you. It's effortless. If you believe, you see. If you don't believe, you don't see it. And then you be you believing in the flesh, making everything thinking that God is impressed. How can God be impressed? When without faith it's impossible to believe, to please God. You reject it and you don't even consider. All these things that Jesus did for us doesn't come in your consciousness. And you think you please God by an alternative means? Try. It won't even to even walk. The reason we struggle with the flesh and we sin, failure in prayer, we seek this we don't see healing. We we get confused. The reason we struggle, we sin, and all this. It's what Paul wrote here. That's what Paul was addressing here. So in Romans 6 verse 1, he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. He was addressing this because people were living in sin. He said, so you don't know who you are. You don't understand this. That sin shall not rule over you. This is what God has done. Why do you submit to something that is that you've been freed from? That's what, that's what he's teaching. Wait, man, the way out is to know the things. For you know the truth, the truth sets you free. That's the way out. Look at the church in Corinth. He wrote to them. 1 Corinthians 6 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, flee for the cushion. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sin it against his own body. What? No, you not. You see, he uses this, so you don't know this fact. That's what he said. He says, Shall we continue in seeing their grace when abound? He said, No. How can we? We died in Christ continuing this thing. He said, No, you not. So he uses the same language here. Right here. No. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. He brings them to revelation of the truth. Because when you know the truth, it sets you free. If you are ignorant of the truth, you live in bondage. You live in ignorance. And my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So he brings them knowledge. This approach of Paul is totally different from the approach in this predominant today. Instead of teaching the truth as set forth by Scripture in Christ, people are urged to, to, to change. Do this. Paul never did that. Paul said, no you not. No, you not. No, you not. And Jesus said, Yeah, the problem is ignorance. John 8 13, As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then said Jesus to the Jews who believed in him, to us Christians, If you continue in my word, if you continue, if you continue. Meditate, study, if you continue. It's not you here, you throw it away and be doing something. No, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So That's how my disciples behave. If you follow my word, you are following me. If you continue in my word, you are following me. I am the word. I'm the light. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And that's when you shall know the truth, not before then. If you don't continue in the word, you won't know the truth. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. free. Makes you free. I had a testimony from a pastor. He shared with us how he was struggling with masturbation and all this kind of thing. And one time, the Spirit of God took him to these scriptures. I said, "You know, you are dead. You are a new person. You don't respond to these things. You are a new creature. Your problem is you don't know who you are. You don't know what Christ has done. You neglect it. You miss your miracle." And he began to meditate on this scripture. Listen to this. He said, "Not only am I not doing it; I don't even have the desire." Course, that's what the Spirit of God said. Say you are dead to sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. You are dead, you don't respond. Your new nature is the nature of God. It doesn't respond to this. You live by nature. You say that not that I don't even have desire. My wife will be a witness. I think she was there. He said, I don't have the desire. Why? It's by the power of the spirit you put to death all these things. The power of the spirit that did these things for us, that raised Christ from the dead. He's telling us what the truth is. Paul said, so you don't know this truth. Do you know this truth? If you continue in this truth, study this truth, meditate on this truth, pray about them, the Spirit of God will open your eyes of understanding. And then the moment you believe it becomes your reality. But if you don't, it won't be your reality. And don't pay lip service to these things. Don't. It's in your own interest. The next thing we want to talk about is that Paul saw himself in Christ as being no longer a stranger to God. He's become become a member of the family of God. (laughs) You can remember the family of God. So he wasn't tiptoeing to God. Look at Matthew 27, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama Sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Jesus was forsaken so that you and I can be drawn nigh, so we can come. He was forsaken so we can come. In Ephesians two seventeen, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh; for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have access now. He was forsaken, so we can have access. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God. As soon as Christ was nailed to the cross. I want you to listen to this. Justice for our sin was fulfilled. Justice for our sin was fulfilled. Our sins were wiped out, paid for, in full forever. We became righteous in the sight of God. We became acceptable to God and access to God was granted to us. As soon as Christ was crucified, the blood was shed. Immediately that blood was shed. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for forgiveness of sins. The moment it was shed, forgiveness became ours. Forgiveness became ours. That was the same blood he took into the presence of God and obtained redemption for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 became a reality. For he had made him to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The moment Jesus died on the cross, he died because God made him seen. He bore the sins of the whole world and died because of it. So that we are made righteous. God made him seen. Again, can you figure it out? No. It has to be revealed to your spirit. That the Son of God, who took away the sins of the whole world, hung there as sin himself, as our sin substitute. We are the sinners. He hung there in our place so that we hung there with him. That's why the Holy Spirit does not call a Christian a sinner. It doesn't call it; It calls us saints. Because Jesus bore our sins on him. Died for it. Isaiah 53.11 When you see all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. All, not so. You see, in the natural mind, you think it's not possible. But the Bible is telling you That is it. Be our audience. So we become righteous because he bore all our sins. And God laid the punishment of all our sins on him. That's how Paul saw himself. He said, I want to be seen in Christ, not having my own righteousness, but the righteousness that comes from Christ by faith in him. This is how he saw it. This is how he saw it. That's how he identified himself. As somebody who has a righteousness that Christ gave him. Isaiah 53, 6. All of us like sheep have wandered. Each to his own way we have turned. And Jehovah had caused to meet on him the punishment of all of us. It had been exalted on him, brethren. And he had he had answered it he opened not his mouth willingly as a lamb to the slaughter he has brought. And as a sheep before its shearers is done. And he opened not his mouth. Eight. By restraint, by judgment, he had been taken. And of his generation who doth not even meditate. Who talk, who nobody thought anything about him. That he had been cut off from the land of the living by the transgression of my people. By the transgression of my people, he is plagued. Verse 9. And it appointed with him, but it appointed with the wicked his grave, and with the rich are his, his high places. Because he had done no violence, nor his deceit in his mouth, committed no sin. Verse 10. And Jehovah had delighted to bruise him. He had made him sick. If his soul doth make an offering for guilt, he seeth seed, he prolonged days, and the pleasure of Jehovah in his hand doth prosper. It was God's pleasure to smite his son, make him pay for my sin. And you turn around and call me a sinner. God is looking at you. Why should you call him a sinner? I took away his sin. John the Baptist said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world." Paul said, "I want to be seen in Him, not having my own righteousness, but the one He gave me. The one He gave me. Again, you can't get that type of righteousness by any other way. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. Let me say that the blood of Jesus dealt a mortal blow to sin that it cannot recover from. It, it cannot recover from it." Hebrews 10:10, 10, 10. for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all our time. In Hebrew 9:24, for Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest who on earth who entered the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal if that had been necessary Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began but now once for all time he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice And just as each person is destined to die once, after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Not to deal with sin again. He's done with dealt with Hebrews 9, 12. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. Ephesians 1.7, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. It doesn't get simpler than this. But if we don't believe these things, you live under condemnation. That's all there is to it. And the devil will help you out. Because he's the accuser of the bread. Why is he the accuser of the bread? Because that's one way he will destroy your it. It's just as simple as that. He will accuse you day and night. He won't let you pray. He won't let you do anything. But the answer is the blood. The answer to all of that accusation is the blood. That's why the Bible says in Revelation twelve ten. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. It says salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For there has come. Salvation has come. But what, what did we see come with it? For the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. So he came with accusation that your salvation is not true. You are not, you are, your sins are not forgiven. Do you know who you are? He came with accusation to rob you of the benefits of this. Thing. Verse 11, and they defeated him by the blood of the lamb. By the blood of the lamb. He accuses you. You tell him the blood took care of that. He accuses you, no, the blood took care of that. He you said your salvation is not, we no, 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 the scripture says so. You are not righteous. No, 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 no. It's a gift. The scripture says so. He keeps accusing us, so we deny all these things, even deny our salvation, and be working for it to be saved. He calls you a sinner. He said, no. The blood took care of it. You know, I had this. Kennedy, Dr. Kennedy, he's he's, he's, he's a psychiatrist or something, the medical profession. He said that she became a Christian. And she said, when she became a Christian, he said, she was getting the same patients Christians, as she was getting, you know, from non, non-Christians. said they were becoming the same psychiatric case, the same thing, the same problems. So he said, ah, I thought these people should be different. He so said, I went to God and I said, Lord, what is happening here? He said, but the blood took care of that. They are ignorant. The devil is accusing them. And they're listening to him. And they won't take what God has given them. And they, they suffer the same thing the world is suffering. See, the blood took care of all of that. The blood cleansed them, gave them right to me, gave them all the blessings. The devil comes and says, it's not true. And they listen to him. And when they listen to him, they drop what is theirs, drop their blessings. And they think that by sulking and by this God, we say, okay, hey. See, that is doubt and unbelief. It will rob you of your blessings. Be strong in who you are. Be strong. In your spirit, being be strong in your identity with Jesus Christ. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The blood speaks for you, even now. You are saved if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let anything convince you otherwise. Praise the Lord. Let us pray, precious Father. I want to thank you for the word you brought us tonight. Trusting you with everything. The Lord, you cause us to understand these things. Cause us to think about them, meditate about them. So that it's not the seed that falls on the wayside, the one that is crowded with the the cares of this world. But the one that has no root in it. But it will be seed that falls on good ground and bears fruit. So that our joy will be full. In Jesus' name we pray.